Material Components Episode 24 The Good Word Greetings and welcome to Material Components, the actual play RPG show all about intelligent items and the adventurers who love them. I am your humble dungeon master, Mike Gorgoni, and joining me as always are my stalwart adventurers. Hey adventurers, how's it going? Hello! Hey, I love that Lisman and I always wave even though this is an audio recording. Whatever, it's fine. <laughs> Uh, hi folks, I am Olivia. I will be playing Tirza Cloakbearer, Child of the Outer Storm. I'm Elliot, and I will be playing Cherish Ironstrike, the Tiefling Sorcerer. I am Michael, and I'm playing Sid Emberlight, the Half-Elf Rogue. And I'm Reed, and I'll be playing Grawl, the Hobgoblin Warlock. Indeed. So, I would like to begin this session the same way I begin every session, which is by asking all of you, if you remember, what happened last time. Uh, we became masters of diplomacy, I believe. Yeah, that um, pretty much sums it up, I think. <laughs> we, took, the... we took a social situation Tief... that was a bit tense, and we handled it very well. But <laughs> tiefling or uh, half-orc relations are at an all-time high. Yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where you're getting half-orcs from, because uh, you ran into a big old batch uh... of goblinoids. <laughs> Oh, Which half orc am I talking about? I'm talking about the half orc that I boned last episode. Hip <laughs> <laughs> shit. I thought. See, see, I thought that was just implied. I, I didn't know that was now. Now it's still the, now it's canon. canon. I don't know. It's, it's canon. canon. I guess. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Fair enough. Let the slash fiction commence. Um, oh no, it's not slash. Uh, here, hold on. Uh, let me give you a rundown of. No, no, no I don't want this. Full chart. I don't want, this. I don't want this. It's not slash fiction. Um, Fair enough. And also, okay. It's slash face. No, Elliot. It's, it's fine. Yeah, it's we'll fine. It we'll leave it alone. You, you guys don't know what slash fiction is. It's, it's fine. We'll just leave it there. Anyway. So what else? We also fought. The bone zone. Um, we <laughs> did take a tense situation, like Lisman said, uh, where a hobgoblin captain from the Legion of Bone, that's what he said, uh, asked us to give him all of our weapons and armor. And... Point of fact, he asked for you to submit your weapons and armor for inspection that they might possibly, maybe, be acquired by the Legion. But, like... To which you responded, always... oh, fuck that, y'all gonna well, die. I think I... Sid's weapon is his forge-bound item, and it's really good. Yeah, I mean... And Tears' would... weapons are really good, and they're, like, holy relics? Maybe so... they don't want it? I don't know. And think... rather than explain all of that, you decided to attack. I think I handled it perfectly, honestly. I, yeah. Tirza has never been more smooth. <laughs> that's true. Oh no, that that's an actual true. fact. That is really oh. true. <laughs> Not a joke. Oh. Um, but yes. Yeah, we just a bunch. Uh, 
After leaving the Bone Zone, you then proceeded to the Legion of Bone Zone, where yeah. you, uh... I mean, you got down either way. That's um, true. I literally got thrown to the ground by, uh, by a giant land shark. It's true. But yes, after you and Captain Yon of the Edge Masons uh, walloped that small little protrusion of the Legion of Bone, uh, you proceeded to continue on your way south towards Blue Gulch. Um, but Captain Yon decided to head back northward to the Sun Pass Tower to try to take word of the Legion's encroachment to the other Edge Masons. Yeah. Okay, because, like, they're sending, uh, like, an army to Blue Gulch at Ember's End. That's true. Like, conquest is technically illegal, so, like, come on. Is there? Is it? The Edge Mason's whole job is to prevent that from happening, so... Well, no. Edge Mason's whole job is to prevent disruptive elements from annihilating civilization on a whole if which oh wow that never happens during a conquest if hobgoblin society wanted to impose its rigid order upon the rest of the valley that wouldn't necessarily be in violation of what the edge masons uphold it would really depend on how they went about it thanks yeah yeah let's go let's have a geneva convention and talk about it i'm sure that's gonna go over well yeah. Especially considering you all know at this point, or a chunk of you know at this point, that the last time this sort of thing happened, the old mage explicitly sent a group of people to go kill whoever was in charge. Yeah. 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 <laughs> who are those people? Yeah, weird. Are we, on the wrong, are we on the wrong side of history? Hard to oh tell God, at this point. Oh, God. Are we the best? Hard to tell at this point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure it out, I guess. So yes, since your conflict with the Hobgoblin scouting party, tough to say exactly what they were, you had come to these realizations about the mustering of the legions thanks to a missive that you took off the corpse of the Hobgoblin captain that you slew. Yep. And you proceeded to trek further southward towards Blue Gulch. It is three days from when we last left our heroes. Do you want to have accomplished anything specific in those three days, or did we just have another pretty routine course of travel? I, I do have a question. I know aciding bodies didn't work very well last time. Oh, but it worked really well last yeah, time. Yeah, it worked too well, almost. Yeah, maybe too well. The whole, like, things, yeah. yeah. But, um, did we just leave that captain's body in the desert to be found by the captain, the ogre, the goblins, the the bugbears, the the centaurs. That's the thing. It's like, acid splash is not a cantrip, right, Reed? Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. Oh, never mind. Yeah, we could totally do that. Because I was going to say, if it's not a cantrip, it's like, there's so much of an ogre. I'm just going to swing away like I'm power washing an ogre with acid. (laughs) 
so clean. So the clean. Most horrifying thing I've ever heard. Yeah. So uh, just imagine this. It's not like no. I'm using the sword. It's coming out of the sword. I'm just like, okay. <laughs> like a wand. I'm just like, oh, okay. So I guess that's the question. Are we doing that? Yeah, that is a, a very serious question that I have for you now is, are you doing that? Uh, Grawl doesn't want to do that. Okay, I'm not really sure Cherish wants to do that either, because, like, the ecosystem is pretty fragile, and, like, I don't know what, throwing a ton of acid <laughs> around with, like, just decomposing body parts is gonna do to the groundwater or whatever. Uh, here's what we do. We set it up so it looks like giants did it. I don't know how, but we do it. We make a bunch of big fake giant <laughs> footprints. Yes. This whole episode. How, how do we do that? I, God, I don't know. Does anyone have I, like a summon giant feet? No, and so. I wouldn't do it if I did. I mean, okay, I don't know. <laughs> if I summoned a giant, it would try to kill Grawl immediately. Uh, not the giant, just its feet. Yes, just a big foot. That's horrible. I hate that. Thanks. Like I hate big, it. Like a big stamp. What, what if I summoned a new packed weapon that had it was like it was a great sword in the shape of a foot? Okay, nope. Draw the line there. Okay. okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Want to see how far this, away we just is. this isn't the Green Lantern here. ring. It's the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, actually, I'm gonna codify this right now where the packed weapon is concerned. When you summon it, you can dictate the type of item it is, but its actual shape and function is up to Mott. Okay. So, so the great sword as it stands wasn't something you created out of your mind. It was something you found. So you've only vaguely experimented with it in other shapes. I think the only time you've ever transformed it into something else has been a crossbow. Mm -hmm. And... uh we didn't really explore what that looked like, but from here on out, I'll say that, yeah, you can dictate its basic shape, but Mott will determine precisely what it looks like. And Mott thinks that, that is, this it's idea is stupid and Foot will not contribute to it. <laughs> Foot sword is dumb. Yes. <laughs> Bunch of mobs spell that out on the ground. <laughs> Seriously, bro. So dumb. <laughs> Alright, does anyone have a shovel? That's not gonna work. I don't think that we need to be worried about this. You you really want to dig a hole for an ogre? I don't, personally. And yeah, so I, I think that I mean I guess Yes. Just you guess. Am I froze? No. Oh, oh okay. We're just I, you guys, faded you, breath. you guys all froze, so I was like, uh, "Oh, okay. I guess I'm done talking." Um, I, I guess we know they're gonna attack Blue Gulch anyway. So, yeah, I mean, I like, we, we're gonna have to. They're probably already like, mad Cherish, at us. Cherish is already planning. Like, we we sent Captain Yon back to the Edge Masons, and Cherish yeah. is already planning to like let. I guess. I don't know what the Haven Guard's gonna do, but like, you know, let someone in some seat of power know that this is gonna happen. Probably the mayor. 
it's going to be a fun interaction. <laughs> Is, do we have any way of contacting the old mage? No. No. Rad. Um, Not unless we went to Stormhaven, as far as we know. Yeah. I just kind of look up and like, Hey, old mage! <laughs> Can you hear me? <laughs> Fucked up shit over here! Give, Give me your- a religion Ooh. check. Well, oh god. If this works, I... One to that, so we'll see how that goes. I am... No, no. Uh, I got a one. Not a botch, but a two minus one, so... There is no response. Yeah, that's about right. Weird. <laughs> Funny. It's so weird how that didn't work. That was a perfect plan. So are you attempting to dispose of the vanquished, or are you simply moving on? I guess we could fucking acid melt them. No, I mean, it sounds like Carl doesn't want to do that, and I don't hundred percent care. Yeah, it's if they're gonna be coming after us anyway, we're gonna. I guess we're just fighting a whole hobgoblin army. I was hoping for some measure of stealth, but that's not really what we do here. No. Nothing you've read or been informed about has said anything about the Hobgoblins attacking Blue Gulch. Is that true? They're sending... Ugh, God. Oh, I did write, I did write attack. Never, never mind. They are, sendi- they are sending a legion to secure the town. What that means is open to interpretation. But yeah. they're... I- is nothing that says they are going to attack the town. Yeah, we okay. We, let's don't let's imply that Tirza is dumb and is going to put together those two things in that particular order. Well, she doesn't necessarily the, know that the, there's nuance to that. We still have the scroll; like we can literally look at it, um, and it says that very thing. And um, when you talk to the captain, they had specifically said that this land is now under the Legion's protection. Okay. Which we just assumed was like a big old racket. Yeah. Yeah, we make a lot of Holy going. shit. Uh, cool. Well, we probably just fucked a lot of things up. But hey. Good. That's what we do. That's what we do here. <laughs> so, moving uh, away I from just... the battle scene. Sure. You proceed to travel southward for the next three days. Across the open prairies of the southern chunk of the drylands. Grawl, the landscape here is upsetting, I would say to you, because you've traveled this way only twice before. Once as a withered wretch wandering out of the deserts collapsing on the side of the road only to have been found by a very small tiefling girl and her half-orc mom. And the second time, turning your back on the kindness of strangers and wandering back out into that wasteland to eventually find your destiny in the shape of a greatsword. 
on the second day, Cherish and Grawl would recognize the place where you found that withered, desiccated albino hobgoblin all those years ago. Whether or not either of you mention it is up to you, but you definitely both like recognize the place. There's an old weathered stump nearby that sort of marks the area. I think, I guess, depending on what our trotting order is, um, I mean, Grawl usually takes up the back. I don't know if that's true now. Yeah. Yeah. I want to say that Cherish is, like, the next furthest back and just sort of turns and, like, looks at him for a moment. I don't know what Grawl does, but she doesn't say anything. Um, there's definitely the moment where, where, uh, Grawl thinks Cherish is going to say something and then, and the moment happens. He's like, I don't even want to talk about it. He puts his hood up and then just like, he pulls up ahead of her. And as you're passing, she says, I wasn't going to say anything. So you continue trotting along, and the three days pass with little to no event. Occasionally you'll see birds in the sky, and on the near the end of the second day, in the distance to the west, you see a large herd of something moving across the plains. It's a dark blotch. It's miles away. Tough to tell. It definitely looks like herd animals, but you can't exactly tell their nature. Cherish, you would know this is probably an aurochs herd. Yeah. Because they are the most common herd animal out here. Mm-hmm. Besides that, you see eagles, vultures. Occasionally you'll see small little, like, groundhogs or prairie dogs scuttering through the grass across the road. Yeah. At night, you'll hear the mournful cries of coyotes. Occasionally, the air will be filled with the just uh, the hum of cicadas, which are a constant pest in this part of the world. Their natural cycles being completely thrown off by the magical weather patterns in this part of the world. Yeah. You know that if you continue to travel at this pace, on the third day, you should probably reach the edges of Blue Gulch by a little bit after midday. You'll probably be rolling into town around, like, two or three in the afternoon. Okay. The third day of travel is just as uneventful as the last several, until you get to a little bit before midday, and you start passing farmsteads. You'll see off in the distance, beyond the road, large tracts of cultivated land that are peppered with buildings, grain silos, small to large farmhouses, huge barns. It's around 10 a.m. when you see a group of farmhands on the side of the road leaning up against a fence. They're all, like, sitting around passing this huge, uh, ladle between each other, dipping out of this big old barrel of water. They're all just, like, sweaty, working the fields. Uh, this is the time of year where they're 
preparing the fields for the replanting. So they're pulling up weeds, they're digging out rocks and stumps, um, trying to open up new fields for the, the planting in spring. Mm-hmm. So these guys are working their tukuses off and they'll look up as they see you passing down the road and they'll kind of just like give you hard looks as you're moving past. Not unfriendly, but certainly just like curious. Yeah. Tirza will definitely wave and like call out some like, hello. Just because that's, yeah. Sid will try and look as cool as possible riding on horseback by them. Just give Uh, them just one glance. Stupid. Uh, also, Mike, I just wanted to make sure that I want to clarify that Cherish did not put the hat back on after the Mesa. So, okay. yeah. Good to know. Um, in response to your greetings, Tirza, the farmhands will nod. A couple of them will say, howdy. Uh... Sid, in response to your posturing, you'll get some snickers, and it you Go definitely ahead. hear at least one of them say, well, there's a dandy. <laughs> uh, you city slicker, I love it. <laughs> hey, uh, Cherish. Yeah? I was wondering, what... How would you describe the fashion of, of Blue Gulch? Is it? <laughs> I've never been there myself, but I, I'm interested in sort of updating my wardrobe a bit. Cherish looks at down at herself, uh, what she's wearing, kind of a loose uh, off-white blouse, you know, a uh, 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 kind of dark brown skirt with a belt. And she's like, Simple. Simple. Yeah, and when you're passing the farmhands, they're definitely like rough, sturdy trousers with loose-fitting shirts was kind of the the ensemble. Salt of the earth kind of thing. Sure. (laughs) Lovely. Um, Yeah, I might just take a look around. Um, Maybe you could show show us around, maybe some of your favorite sites. Yeah, I mean, once once we get into the town proper, I, I want to go straight to straight home um but yeah we could i could definitely show you guys around uh we should probably tell somebody about the hobgoblin thing as well yeah i was just about to ask about that who who do we talk to well there's you know there's a local haven guard uh i guess nobody's gonna be at the local uh, Edge Mason office. Yeah. But we should probably tell the mayor. <laughs> um, as you're having this discussion and moving down the road, there's a, a long winding wooden fence that's made up of rough pickets and just like stuck together pieces of wood. You know how uh, a, a low rough fence will have like long bars and posts and the posts are sort of holed out so the bars can fit into them. It's yeah. not like a, a chain link fence or anything. It's maybe like one or two of those long wooden bars uh, make up the 
barrier in the fence, so it's pretty easy to hop over or even through. Mostly it's just a demarcation line of property. Sitting on this fence just ahead of you, you can see the town in the distance not far away now, but another person sits on the edge of the fence, not really paying attention to your approach, but you hear them before you actually see them, because they're playing a what looks like a, a really long flute or wind instrument of some kind. Ooh. It's maybe about two feet long, and it's got mm-hmm. just like a series of holes all up and down its shaft, and they're playing it with a fervor. They have like, are they are they like just playing it for themselves, or do they have like like a hat out or something, uh, anything like that? Nothing like that, and they're a little far outside of the city to be busking. You've yeah. not even hit the city proper. They're mm-hmm. just playing this flute, and as you're approaching, what strikes you is almost the glare that comes off of them. It's the strangest person you've maybe ever seen, and that's saying something here in the valley. You just right. met a guy whose hair and mutton chops are made of fire, and this person is still stranger. They've uh, got you, pure white hair that in the sunlight as you slightly change angle as you view them seems to shimmer from pink to purple Ooh. as it reflects Ooh. sunlight. Their skin is this tawny hickory color, but it is etched with luminous neon swirling tattoos. They're only dressed in what looks like a long skirt from their waist that falls a little below their knees. Other than that, they're not wearing a stitch. And so these neon bright purple, pink, blue tattoos that swirl around their body and up their face are very, very striking. Hmm. Whoa. And their eyes are closed and they're just playing the hell out of this flute. And, like I said, there's a glare to this person, because not only does their hair, this strange, multicolored shimmer, the the neon of their tattoos is almost, like, hard to look at in the bright sun. Uh, I will also call out a greeting to this person. I've... Yeah. Um... She doesn't. She wouldn't want to interrupt. So it's probably just a like, as they're writing by, or as they're writing up, just a like, uh, hello. That's. I'm assuming they're playing this flute well and not badly. Give me a perception check. Oh God. Okay. Six. <laughs> they're playing it impossibly well. Like, they're producing notes and harmonies within itself. It's very bizarre. Yeah, so she'll be like... And they're just rocking out with this thing as you're approaching. Yeah, uh, so she'll just say hello and like, oh, that's wonderful music. And they'll stop and look up and I need everyone else to give me perception checks as they do this. Ooh, not bad. Perception. 24. 16. 18. All right. Um, yeah. Grawl, Cherish, you definitely notice this music. What they're producing out of this instrument is, you would say it's impossible. 
because it's it's layered. It sounds like multiple wind instruments. It's it's it doesn't make any sense the amount of music they're generating with just a hollowed out piece of what looks like wood. Mm-hmm. Sid, what you notice is when Tirza calls out her greeting, and this figure will open their eyes and take the uh, instrument away from near their face. You can see that their lips weren't pursed in any kind of blowing motion, and the music stops, like, a little bit longer after they take it away from their head. Like, the music keeps going for a little too long after they take it away from where it looked like they were playing it. That's awesome. Um, would it look f- uh, familiar... Uh, would it look similar to sort of the Bard's Guild people not actually playing their instruments at the party we were at? Maybe a similar type of magic? That is what you would probably assume, yes. Okay. Um, do I see any... I mean, I don't think there's anything that would uh, signify a, a Bard's Guild, uh, Bard's College. If they are a member of the Bard's Guild, they would be advertising. They would be advertising. That's true. <laughs> Bard's Guild is never subtle. Uh, no. So, when they take their, this instrument away from their face and look up at you as the four of you are just continuing to pass, uh, their eyes open up and you can see that they're glowing with this bright, bright, fluorescent green that lets out a whole light of its own. That even as you look at it, it's just like, ooh, that's, that's bright. Um, it sort of flashes in the midday sun. And they'll look at you, Tirza, because you're the one who spoke out, and just Mm -hmm. this big old smile will cross their face, and they'll kind of just, like, eyes directly at you and give you a nod. I'll nod back. This is awesome. I love this. (laughs) Um, But I don't, yeah, I don't know that we, any of us, want to stop, hang out with us person yeah i mean i'm assuming mike you would have told me if this is a person i recognize or not no idea who this is yeah do i have any idea what this person is give me an arcana roll all right he's ready for another negative one (laughs) oh hey 15 i rolled a 16 minus one okay They look vaguely elvish. They've definitely got the long, tapered ears of an elf. But if they're an elf, they're unlike any elf you've ever seen. Is it a good look for them? It's it's very striking. It's unlike anything the rest of you have ever seen. This thing is painted in swaths of neon light that are just radiating from its body, whether it be its eyes, its tattoos, or its hair. It's very bizarre. Is, is there anybody around this figure? The four of you. They're, they're just playing by themselves? It seemed that way. Hmm. This is awesome. I love this whole this whole person's deal. Uh, we, we're not stopping, right? I... Cherish does not want to stop. Okay. Okay. I think Sid wants to talk uh, uh, to this person, uh, but sees that Cherish is um, 
going on. It's like, just shouts out, uh, you're a fine player. Uh, do you shout that out as you're passing? Yeah. Okay. And they'll attend their attention will shift over to you, Sid, and they'll give you one of those like big smiles as well and say, You're not bad yourself. What does that mean? I I stopped the horse. I'm not very interested. Uh so Sid stops, what do the rest of you do? I mean I'm ahead of him, so I don't notice. Uh, Grawl definitely looks back and sees him and then doesn't stop and keeps going. Okay. Cool. Tears, I'm assuming you're sticking with the group. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. So, Tirza, you see Sid stop and Grawl and Cherish continuing on down the road. What do you do? Um. You were definitely in the lead, I think, so. Yeah, I mean, I... I might already be past this guy. All right. So with the three of them moving past, Sid, you pull up the reins on your horse and uh, you asked, well, what do you mean by that? Yeah, what do you mean by that? And he will, or this figure will say, you're not bad at playing the strings with the threads you do not have. <laughs> um... I'm, I want to try and get a get a read on this on this person. What do they What do they mean by that? If they're um, how far ahead is everybody? Oh, they're they're definitely getting ahead. Getting there. We're yep. getting ahead. Uh huh. I would say probably about twenty feet. <sighs> uh, hey guys. I just sort of wave at them. No. No, I'll, he's really nice. I'll, I'll stop. Sid, what? yeah, like I stop, but I'm like Sid. I I understand, but what are you doing? Um, I just I just put put up a finger, um, and then I I lean in, and I try I I look this person up and down. I try to understand. you turn back from trying to wave down your friends, and they're gone. Yeah. God. Awesome. Hey, where did that flute player go? <laughs> right. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Chill there was maybe a, a very slight in the air when you were trying to signal your friends down, but it was so quiet you barely noticed. Yeah. I just looked nice. back kind of unsettled. And then I just keep going forward. Okay. The rest of your way into Blue Gulch passes uneventfully. The sun is high as you make your way into the low, rustic buildings of Blue Gulch. The street winds through the low buildings here. No uh, edifice is more than two stories. Everything here is made of this dry, white wood of birch trees that reflects the sunlight. There are fine filigrees of copper and silver that you see worked into the buildings around here that speaks to the 
partial mining community that this city is. You know that the hills to the east of here, across the Mokum River, are heavily mined for their copper, silver, bronze, and other metals, though most of the gold this far south has been dried up decades ago. The basic makeup of the city is dozens of these low buildings that stretch off towards a large park at the center of the city. Wells dot the side streets every, I would say, four or five blocks, so there is a constant source of water. This seems to be a very well-laid-out community. Storefronts are marked with broad, bright signs that declare what they are. There is large tenement housing that appears to be for people moving to and from different locations within the southern drylands. A lot of the community in the city proper seems to be people going from one place to another, not necessarily living within the city itself. There are permanent residents, but everyone here seems to be on their way to do something. This is a community of people who get things done. The long main road that stretches into the city, like I said, culminates at this park at the center, and then the road splits and goes around in this big circle. The center green of Blue Gulch is dominated by large oak trees on dry green grass. The city streets themselves are pretty dusty, most of the tall grasses of the prairies being cleared and beaten down by the city and its travelers. So there is a, a, a rough dryness in the air within the city. But that is definitely counterpointed by the friendly faces. There are people coming to and from storefronts. You've got those long classical porches in front of most buildings where people are either sitting or uh, cleaning or putting out wares that are for sale. People will nod and wave at you as you move into town. There are plenty of other people on horseback moving to and from. You even see a couple of carriages moving through town. The largest building you see as you enter the city is what looks like a trading post of some kind. Large teams of horses and carts are being loaded and unloaded at this massive trading post. And just to the left of it is a large store with a sign out front with a pair of red horns uh, that bracket a name, and that name is just Sasha's. Does that look familiar? Obviously yeah, no. Familiar. What, it, what's, the, what's the deal with that? Looks cool. That's just a general store. Hey, is this okay. sign new? No. Okay. It's just... <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, there's a... It's just a, a general store. Um, the gal who runs it is uh, also a tiefling. Oh, wow. Hence the, Hence the horns. Yeah, it's always seemed like a weird sign to me for her to have. Cause I really like talking about being a tiefling. She doesn't like talking about it, but she'll use it for marketing. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Are um, tieflings common down in this part of the valley? As you're moving through the city, you can definitely see more than a few of them. The I would say in Stormhaven, you're more likely to see, like, the numbers are probably higher, but per capita, they're definitely more numerous here than they are in Stormhaven. Gotcha. 
Yeah. It's it's kind of like a person to person thing whether or not is I mean my whole situation's different but sometimes it just happens. Sometimes you have a kid and it's a tiefling. And it just seems so, to happen more often out here. Yeah. Like cuz you definitely see like predominantly humans. But out here, you see a lot of half-orcs and orcs moving around the city. Uh, you also see a good number of goblins trundling around the city, moving from place to place. A, a goblin building can be marked by several factors. One, the doors are usually a little bit shorter than they otherwise would be. And two, there tends to be a lot of doors on a front of a building, as opposed to like one or two. It seems as though goblins like a ton of ways in and out of buildings. Oh, I, I love it. And like I said, you also see quite a few more Tiflings than you might see otherwise. Uh, the other ones, like you basically see a good representation of every species. Though the one that definitely sticks out is occasionally from the roofs of buildings or swooping down onto the road, you will see Aracrocra. That's cool. Generally, they'll look like eagles or falcons with... Uh, very fine feathered heads and they'll come flapping down out of the sky and most of them have these messenger bags and they'll be dropping off mail very Wind Waker style. Have I seen Aarakocra in, in Stormheat? They're very rare. Seems like they'd be super rare. Wow. I'm just like in awe. They're so cool. I've I've read about them but I have I don't think I've really seen one up close. I, w I was gonna say Tirza's probably also not so much about people necessarily but blue gulch is probably way different than any of the other places she's been it's definitely different from the bari i assume like absolutely and yeah i would say tirza sid you would definitely be struck by uh the presence of orcs and goblins elsewhere in the valley they are kind of considered menaces especially in the south near Srothheim, orcs and goblins are considered the next best thing to vermin by a lot of dwarvish cultures. Right. But here they're just going about their daily business. Just the, folk. the other striking uh, species you see here is lizard folk. They're not dragonborn. They're these low, slanky creatures with long tails that sometimes drag along the ground, sometimes are upright. Um, but they're going about doing their business as well. Yeah. Cherish, you didn't tell me your hometown is like awesome. This is so cool. Oh, it I, is. I guess I guess I just never thought about it. I mean really really happy to be here, to be home for sure. I yeah, honestly didn't I, think I would miss it so much. And one or two people will definitely see you cherish and, like, give you a friendly wave or a nod. And I wave back. Because there's lots of people who are, who are very friendly with your mom. So, you are in Blue Gulch. Where would you Speaking like to go? Mom, I would Let's like go to, to go to see my mom. Step one. All right. Iron Strike Metalworks is the forge that your mother owns and operates. It is located on the southern end of town, kind of to the south of the center green. Center green is really the big orientation point in town, 
Everyone says, oh, I'm north green, I'm south of green. Uh, people will usually try to give you directions based on center green. Iron Strike Metalworks is located in like the southeastish corner of town. It's definitely away from the main hustle and bustle and has a long road that connects it to the river. Because, yes, the Mokum River is probably about four miles away from the center of town. It's not that far, and there's definitely a couple of breezes that'll kick up that'll rush in cool air off the river into town that'll give people some relief. Mm-hmm. So heading that way, you circle the center green by about 15 degrees as you hit that large circular spoke road that is the center of Blue Gulch, and eventually you cut back down and head towards the uh, a road called Mokum's Crossing, because this road eventually does lead to the river and one of the many uh, ferries that cross the river over towards the, the deep seam mining consortium facilities. So yeah, uh, moving through town, you are caught by all the, the hustle and bustle. Everyone here seems to be going about their lives, nothing to really indicate they're in any kind of impending danger. As you are moving past the center green, though, you definitely see a small crowd forming near one of the uh, little patios that are set up in the park. Can I, can I make out what's happening, or...? Or are we too far? I mean, you're probably a, only a couple, like, a hundred feet away. Uh, okay. So, uh, you just see a crowd forming. There's a small gazebo on this little wooden patio that's in, like, this corner of the park. The park is pretty damn big, all things considered. And the fact that it's smack dab in the center of town is actually really impressive. Yeah. It must take a lot of work to keep this thing as good looking as it is. Does it look like they're putting on an event, some kind of, like, fun tough. in the park? Yeah, tough to say. They're just all, like, gathering around this little gazebo. They seem to be talking amongst themselves. I'm so curious. Anyways, we should probably find your mom, but... So, moving past, you eventually make your way towards Iron Strike Metal Works. Yeah, I mean, you guys don't have to go with me to go give my mom her stuff back. Like, I can just meet you back up here. That's a good true. plan. But I, like I don't know plan. where I don't know where Iron Strike uh, is. <laughs> no, I mean, I can I can just come back up here and meet uh, you guys. Should we go Should we go look at the shops? See what we can buy? Grawl? I have 206 gold. Let's go shopping. <laughs> <laughs> shopping. Boys, shopping day. Yeah. Yeah, boy. I want to kind of. It's a boy uh, shopping we, party. We have that interaction, and then I'm like, okay, cool. And I want to like head over to the the group of people because I'm I'm so curious as to what's happening over there. Okay. So Sid's doing that. What are the rest of you doing? Cherish, you're heading towards your mom's blacksmithery. Yep. Okay. Tears like Grawl. I'll go with Cherish. Okay. Grawl? Um, I will kind of go with Sid. I'm not looking for... <laughs> like, I'll walk like five feet back. It's fine. Okay. And the two of you are Very still on horseback, by the way. Yeah. Um, so, uh, moving but, off yeah. the road is a little 
awkward. Off-roading. <laughs> That's true. Like, <laughs> you would definitely be getting some dirty looks if you took the horses into the park proper. Yeah, I don't want to do that. That's um, where the nature is. That's where horses live. I don't understand. <laughs> are there, are there like, are there not, like, hitching horse, posts? Hitching oh, posts? there are absolutely hitching posts on the edge of the park. I got you. Great. Then that's Thank what you. I'm going to do. They just did not ask. Um, okay, so you hitch your horses up at the edge of the park or in front of a shop? Um, does it look like... There <laughs> are there is... the reserved for... <laughs> reserved parking for... No. <laughs> no. Um, I'm thinking... Handicapped uh, horses only. Yeah. yeah. Um, maybe... Yeah, in front of the park is fine. Compact. Do I okay. see, like... Is there a lot of horses... <laughs> There are horses around. Uh, The other primary mount you see around here, which the horses you have are definitely made skittish by these things, are these huge low lizards. Some of them have these big spiky frills coming back. Some of them have like a single big horn coming up. Most of them have this bright red skin or blue skin. Well, I'm definitely not going to um, park my horse. It's not far. <laughs> uh, definitely not going to uh, hitch, hitch your horse. horse. You, you hitch a horse. Yeah. I have uh, two. Fucking city slicker. Yeah. <laughs> this is the first time I've ridden a horse. Remember hey, where do I park before? this thing? <laughs> where do I park this thing? Valet. Uh, do I have to pay for parking over here? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you do that, and yeah. Grawl, are you accompanying him? Yeah. Okay. So I do. Uh, I definitely do the thing that you do when you go into like uh, the rule where you never park like right next to the person. You always give a spot, mm. like in between. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Mm. So you it's... two dismount and head into the park. Meanwhile, Cherish and Tirza are heading farther south towards the blacksmith shop. Yes. Okay, so uh, let's stick with Sid and Grawl for the moment as you are uh, making your, your, your poking towards the crowd. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, you see, like, yeah, these crowds are kind of, like, gathered. You hear them. There's talk amongst each other. Uh, there seems to be a, a thrill of excitement in the air. Ooh, I love uh, excitement. You also see a couple of Haven guards sort of standing at the peripheries of this crowd, hands near those long-handled wooden clubs that are their signature weapon, and they're kind of, like, glancing around. Some There's at least one that's looking a little nervous, though for the most part they look calm. You see three of them in total. And the crowd is maybe 50 people strong at this point. Mm-hmm. Um... As we get closer, do I hear people like talking and, or, and about like I want to try and pick up a conversation uh, conversations to figure out like, kind of what's going on. Give me perception check, okay. Grawl. You can do this too if you want to help, yeah. or are you just like standing in the background looking threatening. No, no, I, I I would like to like try and figure out if it's like people like jeering or booing or like like mm. someone's trying to like. Like rustle up the crowd or whatever. Yeah. Well, or not, because I rolled a twenty-four. Uh, I can't. That is not. That's a twelve. Okay. Grawl, you would definitely pick up on the kind of excitement in the air. It seems as though this crowd is either jazzed to be here or just curious. Hmm. There's definitely a sense of just like, 
well, let's see what happens in this crowd. Someone pushing miracle tonics. Sid, what you're picking up on is a lot more snatches of conversation. The term outer storm is thrown around a little bit. Yeah. The term crazy person is thrown around a little bit. Uh, The term preacher is definitely said more than once. Okay. And you hear the name Jeremiah Payne. Jeremiah Payne. Jeremiah Payne. Interesting. Hmm. Um, the general I... sense that you get, you got a really high roll. So the general sense that you get is that everyone is kind of waiting here for this preacher Payne to show up. Oh, some kind of preacher. Uh, I lean over to Grawl and like, uh, it sounds like we're going to get some kind of sermon. What are they selling? I don't know yet. Something about the outer storm. We already have one of those. We do. <laughs> you're, Grawl, you're, you're just so observant. I, it's one of the things I really appreciate about you. Thank you. Yeah. It's one of my best um, qualities. It, it is one Besides of my best my looks. I agree. <laughs> Your looks... And your perceptiveness. Mm-hmm. Grawl, yes. as you say your looks, you definitely are keeping a bit of a, a low profile. I'm, your hood is up because as you were moving through town, you definitely saw at least one hobgoblin moving through the city as well. They're, Just they're, like going about doing everything. Yeah, no. But it, like they're not moving in gangs or legions or anything. You just see maybe one or two moving throughout the city. Okay. We'll keep an eye out. Yeah. Cherish, Tirza, you're moving south through the city. As you do, you are passing folk on the street. They seem to be uh, just going about their daily business. As you move past a a large, very (laughs) gaudy storefront that might even make Omatep jealous... uh, there is a, a sign that catches your eye, Tirza, and Cherish just makes you, like, sigh. And it says, Fink's Magical Menagerie. Ugh. And Tirza, in the shop window, you can see, like, crystals and gemstones, what looks like wands with shimmering stones attached to their front. Uh, you can see what look like shawls and cloaks with stars and rainbows embroidered on them. All very, very magical looking. Oh, a magic shop. <laughs> Almost 100% of it's fake. Oh, it all, it all looks quite nice, though. And you see, uh, yeah, a, he's good at that. You see a couple of women leaving the shop, sort of like uh, looking into a small bag together and giggling to each other as you hear like the tink of glass between like whatever it is they're carrying, and then they're like shuffling off down the street. Is that a thing that happens? Like fake magic? I don't know. I don't know anything about magic. <laughs> Besides, you know. Yeah, I don't think Tirza would know. Cherish's opinion, which she vocalizes, is most of it's fake, and anything in there that isn't fake is not worth the price he's selling it at. 
Oh, so it's like Omateps. <laughs> no, I mean, I get the sense. Do you get the sense that all the stuff in Omateps shop is fake? Because I don't get that. Oh no, uh, that was a that was a joke. Oh. <laughs> oh. It's it's all incredibly overpriced. That was that was the goof. <laughs> It is not overpriced. It's, you just cannot no, afford it. It's not really. I mean, I feel like... You know, I guess, I don't know. Cher I'm not sure if Cherish would have, like, a... I don't know uh, anything about magic, and yeah, I don't have true. any money. <laughs> that's, you know, that's that's probably fair. Omentep stuff is pretty reasonably priced. I know that the way he said stuff makes it seem like he's charging you more. I just think it he does. has a really hard time being sincere. Oh. I never thought about it that way. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense, actually. As this conversation is wrapping up, you're coming up on the, the long, low <laughs> building. <laughs> Just Alexander <laughs> appears over, like, a building, like, Ugh. Alexander would agree with you. Um, <laughs> but you come up on Iron Strike Metalworks, and... Cherish, you're expecting to see like the billow of steam coming out of the the smokestack in the back of this place, the this open air shop that your mother runs is dominated by the forge and the showroom for lack of a better term. It's yeah. a, a large open space with racks of arms and armor and different metal doodads. You got ball bearings, you've got uh like connectors for uh, carts, you've got uh, cart axles, you've got she, she makes nails, she does everything. Um, she the back of this area is dominated by the, the low one-story house where you grew up. There is no smoke or steam coming out of the forge. Shutters have been put up over the windows and a large iron gate has been put up where the main entrance to this place would be. Oh god, I knew it. She's in debtor's prison. Fuck. Um, a, a small sign is tacked onto that gate. What does the sign say? Uh, closed for the season. Okay. Um, I'm gonna pull the horse around to, like, the house part. All right, you do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I go inside the house, my house. I'm, I'm assuming that Cherish is you're like getting agitated by this. I don't know. Yes. I'm just reading this off of you, Elliot. Okay. Yeah. Um. Or like, I guess what I don't know if there's there's obviously hitching posts in front of the the actual store. I'm guessing. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's probably what she does. Is she hitches the horse and like gets her her stuff in her and Calkin's bag and like runs back to the house part. Okay. The house is locked. The windows are shuttered. There doesn't appear to be anyone home. Okay, I have a, I have a key. Okay. Use the key. Okay. Well, I, I open the door with my key that I yep. obviously have. No, yeah, you get in. The house appears to be empty. Mom? Just the echo of your voice in an empty home. 
Um, the main room of this house is a large kitchen slash dining room that's kind of split by a small countertop. You know that there is a room just to the left inside the front door. That is Calkin's room. And there is a door on the far right side that is your room. And it abuts the main forge area. Calkin did that on purpose so that your room would always be warm. Oh, that's so cute. Um, there is an I, outhouse out back. Yeah. Um, I, is the door, I don't know if the rooms lock, but I, I go like into her room. Room's empty. Bed's made. Doesn't look like it's been slept in in a while. Fuck. And there's no indication, like there's no notes anywhere, like. Nope. I think this is probably the point where Tirza gets to the front door, because I'm assuming she follows, but not as quickly. Um, Cherish? It's... Where is she? What? I don't know. <sighs> well, she's, she's probably... Probably fine. Maybe she's just out? It doesn't look like she's been here for a while. There's definitely a, a, a f bit of a layer of dust on everything. Who? It has been about a month and a half since you've seen yeah. Calcum. Yeah. Who is the closest, like, what is the closest point of familiarity to, like, oh my god. I'm so agitated. Uh, who's the closest person I can get to who would know, who interacts with my mom on a uh, regular basis, who I could find quickly? Probably the whoever's running the called shot at the moment. Okay. Because you know that's where your mom drinks. Okay. Okay. I'm going to go there next. Okay. And that's closer to the center of town. Yeah. Grawl, Sid. Yes. You see a figure dressed in black mounting the gazebo. A wide-brimmed hat. A stiff black coat. Long black pants. Black boots. They have pale, almost grawl-level white skin. Seems as though they get very little sun. I just nudge grawl at a point, like, eh? <laughs> <laughs> he looks hideous. I don't understand it. And when he turns, you can see that his pupils are also just this gray-white of a blind person. They seem to be moving without any sort of guidance, and they just mount up several steps without any problem and stare out with seemingly blind eyes at the assembled crowd, which is growing quiet as you watch him make his entrance. And you hear a couple of lingering whispers in the crowd saying, Is that him? Preacher Payne? Yeah, it's a preacher. Yeah, yeah, preacher. Sid, you notice the haven guard at the edge of the crowd sort of stiffen, as if preparing for something. Hmm. 
Are they Damn. are they facing the crowd or are they facing him? They they're facing the crowd but they're definitely giving glances towards him. Okay. What do you two do? I'm going to um try and work my way closer to the front of the crowd. <laughs> Grawl, do you follow? Yeah, no. you don't have to do that. No. How many? Wait, okay, so how many people? How, how big is this crowd again? Maybe fifty people tops. Fifty. Okay, that's including the Haven Guard. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, yeah, I just lean over to Grawl and like I'm gonna get a closer look. Um, just try and you know lay low. Would, um, yeah, yeah, you're gonna <laughs> lay low by getting closer. Yeah, what happened to shopping? No, you're you're gonna lay low. If you want to go shopping, that's fine. I'm curious as to what's happening here. So nothing's happening. Go. Nothing's happening. It's an old man. Actually, is is he visibly an old man, or is it? Just, he's tough to nine. say. He's either a very well put together seventy or a slightly hard living forty. It's really tough to tell. Right, and I just I like point out clean shaven, and you can't see his hair because it's covered by the hat. I point out the Haven Guard. I'm like, the Haven Guard looks. A little uneasy. I'm a, I'm a little worried something's going to happen, so I'm just going to stick around for a bit. Do you want to go lie low? Lie low. What? You're going to lie low. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a closer look, but I'm gonna be I'm gonna be stealthy. Mm, you know? mm-hmm. Yeah. Th- you know, I'm I'm okay. pretty good. Yeah. yeah. If you if you want to go shopping, I, I'm I'm it's fine, but I'm gonna see what's going on. And yeah, and I just I head towards the front of the crowd. Okay. Grawl, what are you doing? Um Is is there are there any like nearby shops? Or is this like on the edge of like a This is just basically on the edge of the park. You can see that there are several storefronts around here. Um I'm gonna make my way over to like a storefront that still like allows me to have like light of sight on it and like post up against the wall. Okay. Uh, upon closer inspection, you can see that a lot of these storefronts are actually, like, saloons and bars. Seems as though there are quite a few of those in this town. Hmm. Mining town. Yeah. yeah uh, most, most assuredly. Um, you can see that this one is called the Holy Bucket. And there nice. is a swinging picture of a bucket with a hole in it. Liquid is pouring out of that hole and into some kind of humanoid's mouth. Nice. Sid, you wind your way towards the front of the crowd. Mm-hmm. People make way for you. No one's trying to shove anybody else. They're all just there to kind of curiously watch this figure. Mm-hmm. And as you're making it and breaking through the front ranks, the blind eyes of this preacher will stare out over the crowd. And it's very clear that he's blind once you get to the front. You can see that he's not really looking at anything. His eyes aren't tracking movement. He's just staring out into the middle distance. And he'll breathe deep for a moment. And he'll say, Brothers and sisters, thank you for heeding my words once again. Today of all days I have come to speak with you of that which I have spoken before, of the storm that comes for us all. And it's Herald that rides upon the winds. The great dragon 
that will save us from its terrible power. Dahaka himself! And I think it is there that we will take our break. And when we will return... You know? We will find out precisely what this preacher is talking about, I think. Oh, boy. <sighs> Greetings, my friends. I am Omatep Duskwalker, owner and proprietor of Duskwalker Import and Export TM, here today to talk to you about a very fine service offered throughout the valley, and that is the Aracrochra Post. But you may be asking yourself, but Mr. Duskwalker, you do not have a stake in the Aracrochra Post. How are you talking about this? Well, funny you should ask. It seems as though recently they were looking for investors, and you know what I say. Well, what I usually say is always be branding, but another thing I usually say, maybe a little less loud, is diversify. It is said that good news won't even have its boots on by the time bad news makes it down the road. But, I'll tell you this, neither of them hold a candle to the speed of Aracrocra wings. These bird people can carry parcels and messages throughout the entire valley. Admittedly, they prefer to stick to the drylands, but if you pay them enough, they can get a parcel or a message anywhere in the Tempest Rest lickety-split. Which is, like, really, really fast. Heck, the only thing I can think of that would possibly be faster is some sort of teleportation or instant transmission. Maybe with giant antennas with some kind of weird magical wave function traveling between them to communicate through light and sound. But that is crazy artificer talk and we will have none of it here. So just remember, if you ever need a package or letter delivered as fast as the wind, you cannot do finer than the Aracrocra Post. Brought to you, in part, by Duskwalker Import and Export TM. That's it. That's all I got. This was pretty much just an ad for another service. Anyway, let's get you back to the action. And welcome back to Material Components. When last we left our heroes, they had made their way into the town of Blue Gulch. They saw some sights, they heard some sounds, they discovered that... Kalkan is nowhere to be found. And two of our heroes are nearby as a local sound is being heard at the edge of the center green, the large park at the middle of Blue Gulch. Mm -hmm. A preacher by the name of Jeremiah Payne has taken stage under the awning of a gazebo and is speaking to the assembled flock. Sid, you stand at the very front row, and I need you to give me a perception check as okay. Preacher Payne begins his sermon. You know that new sound you've been looking for? <laughs> well, this is it. Um, perception. We've got five, uh, 23. Wow, losers, bowsers. So, freaking rogues, man. Yeah. <laughs> As you are watching this man begin his sermon, you glance around from side to side, and you can now see that those in the front row are enraptured by this person. They're staring up at him in awe, approaching worship. 
With that high of a roll, the other thing you notice is that at least two of them have a blackened brand on their inner forearm that is exposed. Okay. That's so bad. And you are standing right in their midst. (laughs) The brand you see among these folk, though, is weird. It looks like it's 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 not the same as the ones you've seen before. Interesting. It, it has the same basic shape, but it seems off and wonky, like it was made by a weird-shaped version of the brand. Yeah. Because normally yeah. it's like a three-clawed toe kind of a thing. Yeah. And it still has the same basic shape, but as opposed to having, like, a pointed bottom to it, it has this weird rounded edge. Interesting. Um, and it's, is this a lot of people around me, or is it just, like, the overly enraptured? It seems like at least the first couple of rows are here to he- hear the preacher. Okay. And like I said, you maybe only see one or two people with the brands. I would say within your immediate vicinity, you see two. Okay. Yeah, I kind of just put my hood up and try and be inconspicuous. So, it's tough to do that. You're at the front of the crowd, and the crowd is sort of pushing up on you now, as everyone's getting a little bit closer to here. Though, that becomes unnecessary, as Preacher Payne's voice suddenly grows much, much louder as he continues to talk. It's almost like this magical speakerphone effect. Yeah. And he goes on to talk about the need for readiness. There is a need, my brothers and sisters, to prepare yourself for the coming of the storm. We all know that the storm wall will one day fall. The old mage cannot protect us for all time. And when that storm comes down upon our heads, it is only the Dahaka that will usher us to safety and the rapture of the new world. And a couple of people nearby sit are going, Mm-hmm, mm, yeah, praise be. You definitely see at least one person with the brand on their forearm go, Say it, man! (laughs) And the preacher will nod at those people and say, Several of you have already felt the blessing of Dahaka, and I would ask among you today who would like to feel the blessing of our great Lord who will usher us in from this storm, who will guide us to safety. Who among you wishes for this blessing? I'm going to try and, like, sneak back into the crowd as subtly as possible. Stupid. The crowd is sort of pushing forward now. (laughs) If you're going to try to, like, get away from this, I'm going to need some kind of roll. Okay. What kind of roll are we talking here? A sleight of Sid roll? I don't know. (laughs) Roll roll for Sid stuff. I would say probably... All Sid stuff. Athletics or just a general strength check to try to get you backwards through the crowd because they're pushing up on you now. No one's actively like shoving you forward, but the crowd has definitely bunched in to the point where you'd have to kind of elbow your way through to get away. 
Sid, it's gonna be really awkward if you're branded. <laughs> yeah, it would be. Uh, I got an eight. Okay. Oh god. Yeah, you try to like casually like just walk backwards and shoulder your way back through the crowd, but they're all pushed up against you. There's no room to do it. So you could either just charge forward and just like run across the gazebo, or you nope. could try to peel away and like walk in front of the crowd a ways. Um, there's no subtle way to get away though. There's no subtle way to get away. Uh, are people like lining up to get branded? No, and in fact, the crowd has sort of like diminished a little bit when he asked for somebody to volunteer, and there's a rumble in the front of the crowd and. Uh, somebody will, like, jostle one of their friends, and this young woman will step forward and say, I want to be saved, and she'll raise a hand. And the preacher will say, step forward, my child, step forward, and feel the embrace of Dahaka. Just gonna just stand, I guess, I don't know. Okay. Uh, I, I'm going to keep my eye, my eyes open for like any subtle way to escape. Obviously, now I can't, but like if anything comes up, I'm going to make a make my exit. And this woman, probably a little bit older than you, but not by a ton. Probably in like mid to late twenties, will mount the gazebo, and she'll come up towards Preacher Payne. He will. Like, look at her with a solemn face and say, Do you fear the coming of the storm, child? And she'll say, Yes, I do. And he'll say, Do you feel it coming down from the mountains as they shake around us? And when he says that, the ground beneath you just shakes ever so slightly. And everyone in the crowd suddenly, like, goes, ah, ah. And she'll... Like, look at him with this almost terrified look, and she says, I, I feel it, I feel it. And he'll say, And do you want to be protected from the storm that's coming? And when he says the storm that's coming, there's a, a low rumble of thunder that echoes through the air. And everyone in the crowd is just like, Oh, oh, oh. Um, and she'll look at him with almost like a fervent fear in her eyes, and she'll say, I, I, I want to be protected. And she, the preacher will hold out a hand and say, give me your arm in like this quiet, intense way that makes the crowd lean in and her hand kind of trembling. She'll reach out a hand. It seems as though she's seen this happen before. She knows she palm up, places her wrist in the hand of the preacher and the preacher will stare up at the skies and say, Dahaka. Grant this child your blessing, that she may endure the storm to come. And you'll see his hand, he'll take his pinky and ring finger together, his index and middle finger together, and his thumb crooked out to the side to create this three-toed kind of almost Vulcan symbol. And his hand will start glowing this dull black with a crackling red on the outside. And without staring down at this woman's arm, staring up at the sky, he'll say, 
Praise be to Dahaka, and he'll slam his hand down on her arm, and she'll let out a hiss of pain, and you can see this blackened, scarred mark appearing on her arm, where his hand is pressing in just below the elbow. And he'll peel it away, and you see this blackened brand now on her skin. And she'll let out, a, like, a gasp. And the crowd is leaning in now, even more intensely, staring at this figure. And she'll sort of stumble away, her arm clenched. You see the veins standing on her arm, coming away from that brand. And she smiles as she stares up at the preacher, and you see the tears welling down her face. And the preacher will say, Do you feel it, my daughter? Do you feel the blessing of Dahaka? And she'll say, I feel it. I feel it. And you'll see these dark flames begin rippling down her arm, and they'll coalesce in her palm, and she'll hold it closed. And for a terrifying second, you recognize the color of those flames as they rippled down her arm, because they were the same color that rippled down the chains of Lucrezia as they whipped towards your face. Grawl, what are you doing? Like, from the rear, you're probably uh, about 150 feet away, across the street, but you hear and see all of this happening. Also, your microphone is muted. <laughs> yes, yes, my microphone was muted. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so, Grawl is having a... He's trying to retain composure on the inside. He's freaking out. Because he thinks uh, um, there's going to be like a bunch of like squads of baddies just rolling up, um, so he's looking around everywhere. Um, and trying to see you see this crowd else. sort of just watching it, some out of curiosity, some out of fervent hope. You see the Haven Guard eyeing the whole situation, but not necessarily doing anything. You see people moving down the street, some of them glancing at the crowd and shaking their head, some of them giving it a darker look. Mm -hmm. A large yes. lizard folk is leaning on the railing outside the bar where you're leaning. So if your feet are in the street and you're sort of like leaning back up against the, the horse post, and there's a railing behind you that leads up onto the porch of the bar, and this lizard folk is sort of leaning out onto that and going, it's not right. Um, Grawl responds like, yeah, weird, isn't this happen a lot? No, not a lot. Started uh, maybe a month and a half ago, just ah! after the Maker Festival. That's bad. Okay. Uh, I'll also ask if they cause any, like, if there's any, been any trouble with those, like, people. I don't know. I, I, I don't know if it's, like, do they have a name? Do they call themselves anything? The lizard folk will just shrug. Just say, dealing with... Dark powers. I don't want no part. I don't really get involved in politics. <laughs> um, 
uh, on the mention of like dark powers, girl, I'll just be like, uh, yeah, yeah, never touch the stuff. And then I'll <laughs> walk away. Um, can 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 girl see Sid though, or is he Sid's at the front of the crowd? You have basically lost him. Crap. He's lost in a uh, sea of wide-brimmed hats and uh, other people's heads. I'm going to, like, skirt the outside of it, just kind of casually. Okay. Sid, at the front of the crowd, you see uh, the preacher nodding with satisfaction, smiling. And as he does, you can see that his teeth are this just, like, awful black color. Is he human? He looks human, but okay. to be fair, you know that there are people who can look human who definitely aren't. Yeah, fair enough. As he grins, he'll say, Others among you have taken this power. Come forth now, greet your new sister in our congregation. And you'll see the other branded people from the crowd beginning to stream past you, Sid. And they're breaking up the crowd now to the point where you could definitely sidle backwards pretty easily. That's what I'm going to do. Okay. As you do, you see that there were way more branded people in this crowd than you'd initially thought. At least 12 of them <laughs> move forward and begin, like, moving up and clasping arms with this woman. And you'll see that she winces every time one of them clasps arms, and they'll grip firmly over the brand that she just received. But she's, like, tears still drying on her face. She'll smile as these people welcome her into their community. Fellowship? You're not sure what it is. Right. As you move away, their words are a little bit lost, but the preacher is just nodding to himself, staring vacantly past this crowd. At something none of you can see. I start looking for Grawl. Uh, he's over by the edge of the park. Pretty easy to see. Bright white hobgoblin. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I make my way over there. I'm just like, well, that's fucked up. You see how many of them there were? There was like 12. 13 now. No, 13 I didn't. Now. I didn't see how many there were. Yeah, yeah. We gotta... Uh, I look around, see if anybody's near us. You see the crowd is sort of breaking up a little bit. The, the mob of cultists are sort of just like uh, sitting, uh, standing among themselves, kind of just like talking to the young woman who's just been inducted. Uh, the preacher is just off to the side, sort of like nodding and putting in a word every once in a while. It seems as though the sermon is done and the crowd's sort of breaking up. Yeah, uh, I'm just like, well, we should definitely find Cherish and Tirza and talk about this. <laughs> Cherish, Tirza. <laughs> yeah. What did you do after finding the vacant home? of Kalkin. Uh Cherish is going to So like how far did we have to go to get down here? Six blocks maybe. Okay, so she's not gonna like mount her horse back up. And yeah, I think she's just gonna leave it hit. Okay. Yeah, I don't think that we have a stable. No, not here. No. Um 
Yeah, she's kind of booking it up towards the, the cold shot. Uh, okay. And Tears is following close behind. Like, okay. worried. Are you leaving your celestial reindeer behind as well? Yeah. Okay. So you leave your horse and celestial reindeer tied up back at the Iron Strike Metalworks. Uh, Cherish, you would know side streets to get up to the called shot. You wouldn't necessarily have to take any of the main thoroughfares. Okay. Basically head straight north from here. Okay. Um, I will also, as long as I'm within a mile of Kiri, I, we have a weird telepathic link. So Yeah, absolutely. Sorry. Okay. What was the reindeer's name again? Kiri? Kiri. Yeah. Carrie, okay, Car- I heard Carrie Car- for a second. Yeah. Like, oh, that's that's less cute than it once was. So, heading in a vaguely northwestish direction, you can cut up some alleys and side streets and eventually find your way to the, the Cold Shot Tavern and Saloon. It is both an inn and a... Uh, an entertainment venue that is one of the highest class locations in all of Blue Gulch. It is this large uh, three-story affair, which is rare for this town. So this building rises up above all the others, and it is also a lot bigger than all the others. It maybe takes up a quarter of a city block, all told. It's humongous. Big. It is technically you guys passed it on the way into town. It is right on the road leading out of town. Uh, from inside, you can hear the, the plinking of a player piano playing. Uh, yeah, I'm going inside. Okay. The inside of the called shot is busy. There are people here at all times of the day. It's maybe not as rowdy as it's going to get later. Uh, there are definitely people here just drinking, eating, and taking in some light entertainment. There seems to be a person playing a piano over in the corner, accompanied by a, a juice harp and a wash tub. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can see that they, the staff here is moving around, catering to people, and you see the owner of this establishment, one Rosanna Sneerwhistle, a goblin woman uh, moving up and down the bar and around to tables, just checking in on people. She's not serving drinks. She's just checking in, making sure everyone's doing okay. There is no sign of Kalkan mm-hmm. Iron Strike. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm gonna go. Since she's here, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go up to her. And she'll see you approaching, and she'll say. Oh, my! Cherish! It's a pleasure to see you, darling. Hi, Rosanna. My, you've grown shooting up like a weed you are. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, Rosanna, I can, I can see that my mom's not here today, but have you seen her recently? Uh, can't, can't say I have, darling. Um, you, you haven't seen her? Where, where are you coming from? Are you just coming into town right now? Yeah, I've, I've been up north. Um, after oh. the Maker Festival, we, we parted ways. I, I, I went north and she 
came back home, but I Oh, you didn't hear I don't them. Know if she made it. Oh no. I mean, she made it, but you didn't hear. She got robbed. Well, Someone... where is she? <laughs> she, uh... Well, she had to take work where she could get it. Uh, she didn't have any of her... She's over across the river. And you know that anyone referring to across the river, if they're yeah. talking about from Blue Gulch, they're referring to the the deep sea mining company and their holdings She's... over there. How do you say that guy's name, by the way? Danjo Deep Sea. Dan Danjo. Okay, she's looking for Danjo. They always have need of blacksmiths, honey. I know, but and Calkins. Well, she's the best around. Yeah. Danjo's trying to been trying to get her on the payroll for years. I know, but it's she just never. Well, I guess when you have to do what you got to do. But it she's was, safe. It, it was she's either alive. that or take a loan from the mayor, and uh, you Which, know, oof. yeah, your mom yeah, wouldn't do that. I mean, between Django, between Danjo and the mayor, that's a rock and a hard place. It's a rock and a something place, I'll tell you what. <laughs> but she's okay. She's alive. Last I heard, yeah. Okay. Cherish is, like, getting a little, like, tearing up a little bit. Like, okay, okay. She didn't get kidnapped again. She's not dead. She's not in debtor's prison. Okay. Okay. I mean, look, it's a shame not to see the old Iron Strike Metalworks not up and going, but uh, she had to do what she had to do. Mm -hmm. I, I'm sure she'd be happy to see you, even though it's not the best of uh, reunions. Well, it might be better than than you think. Um, I'm not going to get into it, but I caught her robber. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good for you! Good for you! I, I. It's amazing. I have her things, and I'm. I, I, I did hear that she got robbed. Um, I just didn't know that she had to go work for Danjo. Oh, look at you, um, going out there taking care of your mom's assaulters. Way to go, yep, vigilante justice. <laughs> yep. Uh. <laughs> so Get yourself hopefully. hired by the Haven God. I'm sure the sheriff would love another deputy. Uh, not with my record. Um, anyway, Rosanna, thank you so much. Uh, um, have a great rest of your day. She was well done. Can I get you anything for the road? Um, what time is it? About midday? Yeah, it's like a little past three. Yeah. Tirza, are you hungry? Uh, I, oh, um... Tirza, as you stare around at this place, there are uh, miners who are off their shift. There yeah. are uh, large ranch hands who are just trying to get in out of the heat. There are people who are literally drinking themselves to death. It's it's not Tirza's kind of kind of bar. <laughs> Give me a perception check. Oh God. Um. 
Okay, that's not too bad. Fifteen? Okay. How the main area of the called shot is set up is there is a large open space in the center for tables. Along the rear wall, there is a large, long stage that sort of like comes out into the tabled area. Along Mm -hmm. the left wall, there's a long bar, all manner of alcohol lining the wall behind it. Above you are several galleries with other tables, and there's a large staircase to your right that you can see leading up with Mm -hmm. people who can, like, play cards up there or other kind of gambling games or or just taking the show from upstairs. Up there, because you got a 15, yes? Mm Mm-hmm. You see a figure in a... A dark, hooded cloak staring down at you. As soon as you notice them, they stand up and move away. From the railing? From the railing, yes. And they seem to retreat elsewhere into the building. (laughs) Um, Is it Viggo Mortensen? (laughs) I wish. Right? (laughs) Man, oof. Jet who? <laughs> and like, and like staring, right? It wasn't like an accident of, oh, they just happened to get up right as I looked up at them. Yeah, no, I say. think I'm good. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm just well, saying you noticed go- that. Yeah, yeah. Well, we should probably go give your mother back her things, right? Yeah, I mean, we definitely should. I just, honestly, I was worried that she was literally in debtor's prison. Um, that was really my biggest concern. Um, yeah, d- definitely. I. But if she's at least, you know, working and have has a place to sleep and eat, um, we should go find the boys at least. Um, As you're saying regroup. that. Sid, Grawl, what did you do immediately following the sermon? Oh, those boys. <laughs> yes. Yeah. What we travel with boys. Other, what other boys could I possibly be talking about? I thought this was a cool blue gulch thing. I don't know. You know. Hey, it's me and the boys. Cherish and the boys. Cherish and the boys. The only boys I have right now are those ones. Getting some cactus juice with the boys. <laughs> yeah. Crack open a cold cactus with the boys. <laughs> what what day of the week is it? Because if it's Saturday, it's cactus day. Yeah, it's cactus day. every day is cactus day. Uh, but so I, I mean, we were told that they were gonna find us, right? Like back, yeah, where yep. we are. Yep. So I, I, we, I guess we go back to our horses, and we're in the central part of town. So just yes. Try to look around, see if we can find them. Um, I wish that Grawl could look a little uh, more inconspicuous, but hey, here we are. I mean, I could be wearing a certain hat, but that's not happening right now. Right, because you don't have the hat. (laughs) No. Maybe we should buy four of those. Um, (laughs) So we can just be like the, the, what is the, like the, what kind of hat was it? The bucket hat. Yeah, the bucket hat. That we can be the what if they're all just four really different ugly hats? Oh. Anyway, this is <laughs> off yeah, topic. Sure. Okay. Um, 
All right, Grawl. What do you think we should do? Clearly, there's some kind of insurgent sort of, you know, seedy underbelly here that's corrupting the town. What, you, should we talk to the edge? Uh, the, what is it, the Haven Guard? No, because they they allowed it to happen. They stood by and watched it happen. Well, but they're we not could, doing anything wrong. We could at least get more information, you know, from them. It didn't seem like they were thrilled about it happening. Um, question, Mike. Um, the brand on these people was noticeably different from the brands of the Blackfire stuff. Now that you, now that you've seen it happen, you can basically tell that the brands you've seen before were perfectly symmetrical. They were made with some kind of branding iron of some kind Mm -hmm. or imprinted device of some kind. The brands that these people had were made by a hand. Mm -hmm. Okay. And we also, saw the flames. Sorry, what were we going to say, Elliot? Um, also, those brands, were they black or were they red? Like They, they the look one like on Lucrezia. The like one on Lucrezia burnt. was bright red. The other ones you've seen so far looked as though they were burnt into Just skin. Just regular burn yeah. marks. Okay. okay. And, and Lucre- these ones are black. These ones are blackened skin. Okay. They still look like burns. Okay. Just mm-hmm. burns that have... Healed so really quickly, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah, we should probably tell the other ones. Yeah, we just need to find them. Uh, have you ever been to Blue Gulch before? Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you have, of course. <laughs> yeah. How Do you know, are you familiar with the layout? Where, mm. where would you go? I, I have a general idea. General it's idea? Not su- it's like... If Grawl can find his way, it's like, okay, we're here, and he'll do, like, scan his way. Yeah, uh, Grawl, you would know enough to know which way leads to the river, which way leads out into the prairies, and which way leads out of town. Yeah. And then, like, in the general direction uh, of, like, the place that I stayed, which was uh, with Cherish and Calcum. So, yes. Like, uh, that ish way that ish way yeah should we try and like meet them halfway or should we just wait here i told you guys i mean we let uh, them wander no i was gonna say (laughs) well we said we were going shopping so they're going to be looking for us while shopping so as you're talking you see a bright white coach rolling down the street kind of circling the park oh my um, it seems to be that, made of the same wood that most of the buildings are, though most of the buildings here have been dirtied long enough that where the, the white isn't so polished and bright, it's kind of faded to dark grays and light browns. This coach is clearly bleached on a regular basis to maintain its its white opulence. Uh, is there, like, windows? Can I, like... There are no windows, actually. No windows. And you see, driving the coach is a huge, just immense, bulking figure that's taking up the whole front seat of the the coach. The coach is being pulled by two pure black horses. Ah, got that contrast. Um, Would you say this this person is like, uh, like an absolute unit? 
or is he like three absolute units? You have seen a creature exactly like this not three days ago, but then it was chained to a siege tower carrying goblins. Now you see one dressed in a black and white suit wearing a tiny bowler hat tipped slightly forward on its head. The buttons of its vest, like, slightly pulled apart by its width. Is there anybody around us? Oh yeah, there's the crowd still dispersing, and you see the Haven Guard members that were watching the crowd have sort of, like, gathered together near the edge of the park, probably about, like, 25, 50 feet away. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just turn to somebody and I point at the carriage and I'm like, sorry, I'm I'm from out of town. Who Whose carriage is that? And, uh, They'll laugh and go, <laughs> just watch, man. You'll see. Uh, okay. I hope it sounds like King Kang. And, uh, Cherish, Tirza, are you headed back towards the center of yes. town? Okay. Yeah. Sid, you see this huge, what is clearly an ogre, step off the front of this cart as it comes to a halt near where the Haven Guard members are gathered. You'll see one of the Haven Guards split off and walk towards the coach. And you'll see, with the daintiest of motions, this ogre pull out a large white parasol and, like, <laughs> flap it open. And with a single hand, hold it over the the door to the coach. Oh, and then boy. very daintily open the door to the coach. Is he, is he like, grabbing the entire doorknob with like two fingers yes and, just... and the same goes for holding the parasol oh oh uh uh he's the dude from cats don't dance yeah i was literally yeah. about to say this is a fucking max ass situation <laughs> so and you see a figure dressed in an immaculate white and silver suit stepping out of the carriage and grabbing the the parasol he is a figure of indeterminate age with slightly canted ears very pale almost silvery skin with pure black hair that is swept back but is topped with a a wide brim straw hat that he'll pick up as he gets out of the the coach place it on his head with a bright smile and holding the parasol that he takes from this large ogre he will walk over to the the haven guard and like slap the one who approached on the shoulder and begin talking jovially with him how far away is this like 50 feet 50 feet be tough to eavesdrop it would be tough from this distance <laughs> yes <laughs> um just gonna you know, just wander by, you know, maybe do a, a lap around or something. Okay. Uh, as you're doing that, it's about this time that Cherish and Tirza, you are approaching the center of town, and you see this tableau. B- before it's- Cherish, like, realizes what is going on, uh, the conversation walking up is definitely... Okay, so uh, record isn't really the right word. It was supposed to be expunged, but, like, everybody knows everybody, and, like, I wouldn't even be able to get a job at the Haven Guard. Like, I just can't believe you did crimes. 
like, like broke the law. It's a bit of a gray area. (laughs) It's a misdemeanor at best. It's a mis. Look, I mean, Chet and I were pretty good kids. It's just that sometimes, you know, carriage. (laughs) Oh God. <laughs> how, how, how the whole carriage got down the well, we still don't know. Yeah. It's like those students at MIT that rebuild cars at the top of buildings. Like yeah. it shouldn't have fit through the aperture, but somehow the whole cart was down at the bottom of the well. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I, and honestly, I'm telling you this because I heard about it. They can't prove it was me. <laughs> Look, growing up with uh, sorceress powers suddenly activating can have odd effects. Yeah, I didn't mean I didn't mean to blow the cat up, and honestly, I think it's still alive. I see it sometimes. Oh God! It's a pet cemetery scenario. <laughs> but yes, as you're wandering up, you see this tableau: Sid strolling towards the the bright white cart. You don't see the figures discussing matters on the opposite side of the cart within the park. I know who's. I know who's. Oh, you immediately recognize the cart, yes. And that's and that's when she says, "Oh, me just tits." (laughs) (laughs) Sid, you are sauntering by this conversation. Yeah, tries to intercept Sid. Pretty much. Are you going to try to intercept Sid? Uh, she's. It's probably not going to happen, but that's what she's trying to do. Are you? I'm not like power walking over there. I'm... Oh, but Cherish is. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Are you gonna okay. shout out or anything? I'm gonna try to like get like get his attention. Like I'm purple. I'm purple over here. Sid, give me a perception check. Watch this be the the one bad perception <laughs> check I ever You're very focused on being sneaky. Uh. Well, I got a 10. It's fine. Cherish, give me a sleight of hand roll. Oh, boy. (laughs) Uh, That's five. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, Sid, you don't notice your uh, purple tiefling friend's approach. And you uh, are sauntering on uh, past this small group. Uh, One of the other Haven Guard who are standing off to the side will definitely eyeball you as you approach. Uh, But you definitely get an earful of the conversation as Mm -hmm. this black-haired gentleman uh, is discussing matters with the constables. Uh, The Haven Guard saying... They weren't causing any trouble, Your Honor. I, I'm not quite sure what to make of the whole situation. And the black-haired man would say, No, no, you were doing your job. Just reporting back to me is precisely what you needed to do. So don't you worry your head off about this whole scenario. Thank you so much for the information you've been gathering. You do such a good job out here among the community. It's folks like yourselves that are, are the staple of Blue Gulch and the population out here. And he seems to be giving this guard way more of an earful than 
the guard really wants, and he's just like, yep, uh-huh, thanks, yep, mm-hmm. got it. And give me an insight check. Just as you're strolling on past. Not bad. Uh, 15. The mayor is definitely very handsy. He'll place a hand on this Haven Guard's shoulder, and every time he does, there's an almost just like, he's stopping himself from cringing. Oh, the guard? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, and that's basically all you get as you stroll on past. Okay. Now I'll just do, just kind of do a wide, you know, loop around back to where... Okay. And when you when you loop back out into the street and make your way back around, you basically run straight into Cherish and Tirza. Oh, hey. Did you oh. find your mom? Uh, sort of. Um, I know where she is. Uh, okay. It's- I'll say you're having this conversation as Grawl's wandering up as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we should find somewhere secluded and have a conversation. Okay. Um, is everything all right? No, no, not really. Oh. Um, well, we'll um, talk about it. Maybe. I don't know. Should well, we like, rent a room or something? Or. Uh. Well, we can. I, I'm not sure about about long term, but we can always just go back to the uh, um, ironworks and talk. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That works. That works. As you're sorting that out, you hear the loud voice of the mayor saying, Thank you again, Constable. I'll be looking forward to your next report with rapt attention. And you'll hear the the flump of a parasol and the closing of a carriage door, and the large ogre will just, like, stump around to the front of the cart and just, like, get in. You see the whole, like, cart kind of tilt sideways slightly as the ogre gets into a, settles into a position, and whips the cart forward, and the horses will start trotting down the road. Um, Cherish, do you have your, your hat? Your magic hat? Yeah, it's in my bag. Um, uh, I'm just, like, looking around. Uh, might not be a bad idea to put that on. Right, right, literally right now. Well, in the we middle of the duck, street, we can, we can duck into an alley. Obviously, not in the middle of the street, but okay. Like, Sometimes you say dumb stuff, so. <laughs> Thanks. Sometimes you talk like you're better than everyone, so. <laughs> oh, oh, me next. Me next. Do me. Do me. <laughs> oh yeah. Hold on. Let me no. put. The yeah. library is open. <laughs> For all your perfect. Uh, Never change. I have a higher int score than you, so, like, I mean, I can't help that, like, I'm smarter, but whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, let's duck into an alley, sure. What? What's going on? Are... Uh, Is Cherish in trouble? No, 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 no. Not specifically. Um, and I'm, I'm, once I'm still looking around, I'm clearly very paranoid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw a man give it like a sermon and he branded people the brand that we've been running into. Um, 
yeah, so there's like a bunch of them in this town, and I don't really serious? know what to do. Yeah, 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 it's bad. Um, and yeah, we really should find somewhere quiet and come up with some kind of plan. Okay, let's. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of, uh, instead of going down the main thoroughfare, I kind of lead everyone down like back, back streets towards back streets back. All right. Mm -hmm. Um, and put on the hat while I do it, I guess. Okay. So, what appearance do you take when you put on the hat? Uh, probably the same one I was doing in Warsland. Okay, so like the weird fusion of all your party members. Yeah. Okay. It's still so cute. I'm not over it yet. I'll, <laughs> I'll be over it soon. I'll come up with a different one, but that one's still mm -hmm. very good. Right sure. me. So you all make your ba way back to Iron Strike Metalworks. Yeah. Eventually, with a closed door behind you, Sid, your nerves are tempered slightly as Cherish locks the door behind you all. I take the hat back off. Yeah, so there was like a big group of people, like 50 people in the center of town, you know, in the in the park. Mm -hmm. And this man comes up, what was his name? It was... Oh, Jeremiah Payne. Jeremiah Payne. <clears throat> and I noticed, like, in the crowd around me, there was people with the brands on their arms. I mean, it looked a little different, but like... It's the same thing. He mentioned Dahaka. So, like, clearly the same shit, right? Uh, and he's converting people. So, well, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what we, what we should do. Did he? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. what was the, that, that, that carriage belonged to the mayor. What was he doing there? He was, was he checking. I didn't get that impression. It seemed more like he was okay. checking in on the situation. Um, it the the impression that I got from the guards is that they were a little uneasy about the whole situation in general. Mm, okay. Um, he was just sort of checking in on the situation. I mean, maybe, maybe I just heard a specific snippet of conversation that made him seem like he wasn't a part of it, but. Yeah, that's the impression I got. Okay. Does he, would he, would that shock you if he was, you know, in on this kind of thing or? Uh, it depends. Uh, if it made him look good, then sure. I'm, yeah. I'm sure that he'd be on board. But uh, that might just be what he's doing is trying to see, trying to gauge the situation and see if he can use it to his advantage. That's sort of his M.O. Yeah, he sounds like a real peach. Tirza, what is your reaction to this information? <sighs> um, Are you just standing silently in the background while Sid is explaining this? Uh, no, I'm just thinking about... Oh, God, like... I don't want to up Tirza's kill count. Um... You said he branded someone? Yeah, with his bare hands. And they 
And they just took it? Why? They wanted it. They were... He gave them the spiel about how they were going to be saved when the outer storm, you know, breaks into the to the valley. Does <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> Tirza actually giggle at that? No, that was an Olivia reaction. Okay. <laughs> um... Uh, is, that, is that a ridiculous thing? Or? No, that's... I. It seems that... Correct me if I'm wrong, but they were going to be saved by this Dahaka thing? But, Tirza, you said that Ozzy Dahaka is... brings the storm? And a is... force of chaos and destruction, and yeah. is... Yeah. How can they be protected by... I... I don't understand what this... I don't understand what these people think they're doing. They're... Did you see where this Jeremiah Payne went? Uh, I... As soon as I saw all of the brands, I kind of got out of there. Sorry. I want to have a theological discussion with him. <laughs> uh, I think that'll go over very well. I'm sure it <laughs> won't end in violence. Yeah. Don't modulate the key to not debate with me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Grawl, I mean, when Tirza says she doesn't understand why they would do something like this. You feel the cold weight of the sword at your back, and there's definitely a sense of... You have some idea of why someone might do something like this. You know, it's, uh, makes them sleep better at night. There's a bunch of reasons. Is this girl's uh, new voice? Uh, yeah, 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 that's uh, that's, it. that's Grawl's yeah, voice like, only after he's had one sip of tea, no more, no less. <laughs> I, I did, I did make uh, everyone tea, so that's uh, my fault. Um, <laughs> well, I appreciate the tea, thank you. Yeah, um, yeah. It just turns out um, Grawl has just been congested all all this time. Um, anyways, uh, do you think? Do you think they're trying to convert? Uh, do you think this has something to do with the the realm scar outside of town? I mean, I mean, they have interest in it. You know, they they were they were involved in the one that we closed earlier, and it's our job to stop them from interfering. I yes, guess. but let's if it does have to do with the realm scar. Maybe let's wait until we get to the realm scar to make that judgment because we don't know. I mean, clearly it's bad news, and clearly we'll defend ourselves if we need to in town. But I mean, I feel like we should figure out what their goal is here. I mean, obviously they want to convert to get more followers, but like, is there any? There's there could be something else going on. It's true. Well, 
We do need to talk to the mayor about this hobgoblin thing. Which I'm not exactly looking forward to, but I'd like to go across the river. My my mother's uh, working in the mining town. She's okay? Yeah, she just couldn't open back up for business when she came home. I'm actively not looking at Grawl. Yeah, I'm also actively not looking at Grawl. Yeah. Uh, no, Tirza, Tirza does the opposite. She does a pointed, like, <laughs> slow turn. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I don't see a problem. She's on vacation right now. <laughs> no, she is. She is actively working. She's working in a mine. <laughs> anyway, nice we should. Mine. Yeah, we should. Yeah. I'm uh, no, I mean, Cherish has her own opinions about about the deep sea mine and their operations. Uh, but it's not. We don't need to get into it. That's funny because I was actually going to say, Tirza definitely asks like, what's Uh, mm, that goblin's name, Rosanna. Uh, <laughs> she doesn't ask like that. Sorry, that was rude. That um, goblin. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, Cher- Cherish is used to being you being weird about other stuff. So, no, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's uh, it's yeah. only tieflings, and sometimes wants hobgoblins. It's fine. It's fine. It's totally fine. Uh, um, only half of our party. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's only fifty percent of the people that you're two thirds of the people you're around. Um, but yeah, Rosanna. Rosanna said she was trapped between a rock and a hard place. What's what is this deep seam? The deep seam mining. I mean, it's the they're one of the biggest sources of you know jobs in Blue Gulch, um, and Calgan always told me that she thinks that Danjo works people a little too hard. Harder than necessary. Um, but, you know, she's the best... I, she's the best blacksmith in, like, the whole city. And uh, so he was always trying to get her to come work for him instead of being an independent contractor. And she liked doing that. And then there's this whole thing with the mayor who owns all the, like, plantation and farms. And they have a whole thing. And so, you know... <sighs> Point of order, the mayor does not own most of the farms, just the sugar plantation. Oh, just the sugar plantation, my bad. East of town, yeah. Uh, uh, sugar plantation and also also uh, employs quite a few of the people of Blue Gulch, and they have a whole rivalry, business rivalry, and if you side with one person, you're against the other. She never really wanted to get in between all of that, so I'm just still a little worried about her. That kind of went over Tears' head, but we should Last. go. We should go give her stuff back then, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And then we can figure out what we want to do next. <clears throat> we should all, all probably keep our heads down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As well as we can. Has anyone, like, seen you guys? 
I mean, I'm sure people have seen Yes. Me. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you saw those people waving at me when I came into town, too. <laughs> I mean, but Cherish, you're probably fine. You don't look like you anymore. Sorry, my neighbors are hammering things into the walls. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. But it is a bit apropos because as you're having this conversation, there is a knock on the door. God. Son of a bitch. <laughs> I was about to start knocking on my desk when the knocking happened on your end. Listen, I was like, oh, that's oh, apropos. Nice. That's, that's so yeah. funny because I was going to make a joke. Oh, man, who's at the door? <laughs> I shouldn't have said anything. Damn it. Um, you can just cut all that out. Yeah. It's um, power of it. But no, there is a knock at the front at the front door of the home. Yeah, Cherish goes and opens the door. Just straight Sans, up. Sans hat. This okay. is where I live. I'm not going to be accused of breaking into a house. All right. Disguised. You open the door, and standing outside is a tall figure in a brown cloak with purple highlights on it. They're dressed in kind of dark sandy colored clothing say dark skin they look human-ish uh, but upon closer inspection you can see these dark swirls of marble like stone coloring in their flesh what's most striking is that they are over seven feet tall oh wow yeah you can stop knocking. I opened the door. <laughs> Resting at one hip is what looks like a set of manacles dangling from their belt. God damn it. And Am I in the... Is this... I mean, um, is are we in like a fo front foyer area? Is, this or, house ain't from a foyer. So it's just a room? Yeah. It's pretty much just a room. So you oh, all man. see are they, this are they here for you? Are they here for you or me? We just don't know. Outlined we in do. the, the now waning sun as it's beating to dip below the storm wall. The strange colors of the storm white lights filtering into the daylight casting a, a weird technicolor shadow like Light filtering through rainbow glass around this figure that stands in the doorway. Um, Can I help you? I am going to assume that I recognize this person. You don't, or at least the manacles. You don't recognize the person, but you do recognize the manacles. Um, I will... Stand. Um, auger bearer. And the figure will dip slightly and say, Auger bearer? Uh, <laughs> again, can I help you? Apologies. I am here to discuss matters with your friend. 
behind you there. Uh-huh. I come seeking the cloak bearer. I am Shikar the Binder. Uh-huh. There is a plague in this city, and it must be dealt with. Yes! <gasps> oh, God, thank goodness. Oh, whew. That was going to be really awkward if you weren't, like, on the down low with that whole... The branding, right? It's bad. No, it's a, it's a plague of tieflings. Yeah. Is this person yeah. is this person standing outside still? Yes, they have not entered. Yeah. Uh, how about we invite them in so we don't draw attention? Yeah, come in. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Everything's been a little tense. And he will dip slightly to get through the door and come in. You can see as he pulls back his hood, his hairless swirls of blue and purple within the weird marbled flesh of this Goliath. Awesome. Uh. And when you invite him in, he will give you another low bow, cherish, and say, thank you for inviting me into your home. Binder, are you... You're welcome. Thank you for being so polite. We rarely run into people with manners. It's true. The Jarashir pride themselves on their etiquette. Um, Binder, do you come on a mission from the Scaled Council? Is this... Is this about the... Hmm... The, well, you called it a plague. Uh, is this about the worshippers of Dahaka? She kind of winces when she says it. He will look around the room a little warily at Grawl and Sid and Cherish, and then eyes come back to you with an expression that definitely says, like, can we trust these outsiders? Oh, um, they're, they're perfectly fine. I, um, yes, of course, they're, they're, they're with me. I, I'm with them. Uh, I've never interacted with an auger bearer in a non-formal setting, and I'm sure it's, I'm, uh, and I'm doing a great job. (laughs) And he will give you a slow nod and sort of looking at you with a very curious expression. And eventually he will say, I am sorry, cloak bearer, but I thought you... Never mind. This is a matter of some import, though I do not come on the word of the Scaled Council. I am here of my own recognizance. Your coming is fortuitous, though. I wonder if you come upon their word? Um... 
have their seers seen what has befallen this place? I I do not know. I come as an emissary of of the old mage, actually. Praise be her name. Mm. <laughs> Bless those tits. <laughs> Uh, please don't say that. No, I don't. My, okay. <laughs> I try my hardest to to not say it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are you all? How are you all reacting to tears as flustering and this strange half giant dressed in Jarashir garb? Um, um, Cherish is definitely in in attempting to uh. Maybe just avoid this conversation for as long as possible, or just give Tirza the space to be weird and awkward. <laughs> uh, has definitely gone to make this newcomer a cup of tea, just, just to be polite. Okay. And Shakar will look back over to you, Tirza, after, like, Glancing over at Sid, who's trying desperately not to offend your religion. Um, <laughs> and say, Then the old mage knows of this corruption. She does. This is good. And she has sent you and your allies here to help deal with it. <laughs> uh yes um not not directly but yes we are here to deal with the heretics and he'll glance down at the manacles that ride at his waist and he'll place a, a big hand near them and you see a strange expression wash over his face. It's almost concern or doubt. You're not sure. But then when he looks back up at you, he just has resolve. And he'll nod and say, this is good. With two auger bearers, no heretics can hope to stand against us. Yep. <laughs> um... Yes, do you... How... If you don't mind my imposition, how did you hear about this? Are they... Are they spread to the body? I found these cultists as I was coming to town on a mission of my own. Stumbling upon them was pure happenstance. As far as I know, their ways have not spread to the Bari, though 
I fear that may be what comes next, if we do not act. Agreed. What was your plan? Find them where they live and rout them as they deserve. Just a point of clarification. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. Uh, when you say route them, are we talking the speaker? Or are we talking the people who he's converted? If yes, have you, have you heard of this Jeremiah Payne? He seems to be the one branding people. I have observed his black sermons on more than one occasion. He spreads his corruption through touch, and I fear any who he has already touched have already been lost. The power festers in their veins. What hope there is of saving them, I do not know, but I fear for the worst. The old mage might know. Praise be her name. She knows a great many things. She does not stand within this room. She does not stand before this tide of corruption, here and now. In this thing, we are her hands. She has greater works. Um, look, I'm, I am all for rooting out corruption here. This cult is responsible some really bad stuff in the valley but these people are being swindled they're being convinced of something that <laughs> i mean tears you said it yourself uh azidahaka is is a is a god of chaos not not what this man is saying correct correct I do agree. I, if there was a way to rid these people of their sickness, but I mean, the storm purges all things, boy, and the worthy will be left standing. Okay. I don't really, I don't even know what to make of it. Like, Sid does not. Yeah. Cool. Cool. It sounds like scary religious talk to Sid. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh, I think Tirza also echoes that the storm purges with a praise be. Just when y'all thought you were weaning Tirza off that fanatic bottle. <laughs> it's not, it's I... like saying amen in church, you know, <laughs> you just, you do it enough times and. <laughs> and uh, I mean, as far as, well, okay, actually, this might be where this conversation happened. Fact. Um, I, I have a question. Uh, Less to do with this specific group of people, um, and more to do with your beliefs in general. So, 
Tirza, you said that... A craggy eyebrow will raise. <laughs> yeah. You've said that... A cr- like, cringe from Tirza. You've said that there, there are um, importance of the storm, right? And and the being forge-bound with the, those relics, like your cloak and this fine gentleman's manacle, um, and is a sign. And when you say that. Right? Yes. Is there anything else... <sighs> Any other kind of of signs? Any harbingers is a scary word, but no, it's it's fairly accurate. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, a lot of scary words have been thrown <laughs> around in this conversation. So, um, I just rolled a dirty twenty, Mike. Are there any other uh? I mean, it's the twelve being bound. The signs of any, the storm any, are thirteenfold. Any fig. The twelve who are bound to the augers, and the coming of one who would break the storm wall. Who that may be is left a little open to interpretation. There is but a- it's. There is a horrifying moment in your fight with Lucrezia where some confirmation bias slipped in. You're like, oh no, no, this is the Antichrist. We need to stop her right now. Because the prophecy is a little vague on precisely what's supposed to happen at the end of the world. The 13th will break the storm wall and the outer storm will be unleashed into the valley. The twelve auger bearers will help shepherd civilization people, living things through the storm. Whether or not the the wall breaker is going to oppose them or help them or attempt to destroy all life or help save all life. That's really vague. So yeah. the 13th sign is the storm wall breaking at somebody's hands. Yeah. Okay. I, I only ask because After the fight with the Hobgoblin captain, when you healed me. Yes? It might just be a coincidence, but I don't really believe in those. Um, the storm got bigger. <coughs> storm got bigger? What, yeah, what does that mean? The clouds rose higher over the horizon, the storm wall. I thought it happened about a month ago, but I couldn't be sure. But I'm pretty sure this time. And Shakar will look from Cherish over to you, Tirza. 
and say, Powers? What powers? Tirza, she, you know, heals us and, you know, makes a bunch of lightning and stuff. And he'll just give you this, like, <laughs> big, wide-eyed stare and say, you, you channel the outer storm itself? I... Um, I think Tirza was under the impression that uh, all of the stuff she's been able to do is a result of her beginning to take her vows in the th in like the Thunder Guard. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I yeah. You definitely I thought that. <laughs> is that not true? Is that not true? You don't um, know. Yes, I'm. I'm an initiate of of the Thunder Guard, although I haven't. And Shakar will let out a like, "Oh, okay, that explains it." Okay, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> it scared me. Wait, I can't tell if you're joking or not. <laughs> um, but he says, "You have not completed your last of the oaths." No, I've, um, it seemed that orders from the old mage took precedent. Hmm. Everyone give me insight checks. I didn't mean to get you in trouble. Yeah. Not bad at all. That's a five. Oh, oh, shit. Another 20. I keep forgetting I have a plus four. Uh, 19. 21. Girl has no idea. <laughs> no clue. Tears are you got I'll a twenty? Yeah. Yeah, dirty. Dirty twenty and Cherish got a twenty-one. Yeah. You both notice that Sid and Grawl, you don't get this, but when Tirza says she hasn't completed her oaths, there's a release of tension in Shikar's body. As though he was anticipating something and is relieved at her words. Hmm. Okay. I don't know how to bring that up in a way that's not like, you seem relieved. <laughs> sure says, hey, you seem relieved. <laughs> Um. But you will aid me in this thing. It seems as though our paths intertwine. If the old mage sends you here to track this cult, then we share a common purpose. Uh, yes. But I do wonder... There's something... There's something bigger going on, and... 
we can we can route them here and that's all well and good but they were up in Crescent's Edge and presumably in the Eastwood and who knows how far this corruption has spread we you have tracked them that far? Yes. And he'll give you tears a very intense look and say, Is the Scaled Council aware of this? I... I attempt... Well... I attempted to send word... Um... <laughs> Mike, don't look at me like that. I know I'm bad at doing homework. <laughs> but I don't believe so. I haven't... I've received no missives from the Jarashir. Then it is up to us. We must deal with this these heretics here and then we must bring word to our brothers and sisters we are auger bearers our destiny is to ride the storm and see our people to safety yes that begins here and now We bring the storm to these heretics who seek to hasten death. This... Oh, gosh. Don't make me do this here in front of my friends! <laughs> um... Yes, this is good. I, um, from your shoulders, you sense uncertainty. Yeah, no kidding, bud. Um. I think I, I you know, glance at, at the Threadless and I say, we're supposed to be stopping them. We're... That's the whole reason we're, we were sent here. And sure, they're not at the Realm Scar, but... Cherish? Yeah? In your mind... You hear the voice of Maz say, He is not what he appears to be. <laughs> and I think it is there that oh, we will God end. Oh, goddammit! <laughs> no, I wanted to follow up on that. Because as always, you can find us on Twitter, <laughs> at MatcomRPG, that's spelled M-A-T-C-O-M-R-P-G. We also have an email address, which is materialcomponentsrpg at gmail.com. We always love hearing from all of our listeners, especially when we get an intrigue episode. What do you think is happening? 
yeah, yeah please i don't know <laughs> yeah come <laughs> hey you can definitely come find me at cry out olivia on twitter and tell me what the hell is going on because i don't know and i'm sad about it uh you can find me on twitter at elliot c lewis uh just come come and give me your theories as to why maz never tells me anything helpful until it's like basically too late <laughs> um and you can find me on twitter and instagram at the readimus and you can message me and Tell me how uh, Brawl Rob Nobody, it was a, a complete accident, <laughs> and uh, Calkin would have wanted Grawl to have that money to take care of Cherish. <laughs> Just in case. And um, you t- so. how did you take care of me by buying a room for yourself and throwing I, a party? I kept morale high. We were okay. all invited to the party. Okay. All invited. All invited. Yeah. Good times for everyone. Mostly me, but... You were allowed and, to come. And uh, you can't contact me directly, but in a way you can by rating our show on whatever platform you're listening to it. So please do that. Um, we always like to hear what people think uh, and just kind of know that people are listening. So uh, please, please, please do that. Yes. And of course, if you wish to follow me personally on Twitter, you can do so at MK Gorgoni, where you can shout at me for all of the webs I am weaving and all of the plot lines that I just threw on the floor in this episode because there's so many of them <laughs> like a plate of spaghetti I just yeah I was gonna it. say he just threw so much spaghetti <laughs> the we are scrambling to pick it up oh, Lord. Uh, I'm so ex- I'm I'm so excited for me and my new friend to go on a on a death <laughs> death death date party yeah and of course even if, when he is not appearing in this episode, you can always follow Omatep at NPC underscore AN on Twitter, where he dispenses all sorts of wisdom that is probably applicable to this adventuring party, and I'm glad that they're not paying attention, so it's fine. Um, it's true. <laughs> I'm paying attention, I just can't metagame, so... <laughs> And if you wish to listen to me uh, talk about pop culture and all of its eccentricities, you can do so over at my other podcast, Panel Up, where I and my co-host, uh, John Campbell, talk about all the things in pop culture. I think uh, the last episode to have come out when this recording goes out will be our discussion on the uh, the book Sweet Tooth by Jeff Lemire. Uh, Donovan Eilert is back as we have our monthly book club episode. Um, but then the week after that, of course, we are hip deep in... Endgame, so look forward to that. As always, faithful listeners, the world is chaos, so please be kind to one another. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye. See you. Bye.